Hello, Monsketeers. That's right. I'm going with Monsketeers, like Monster and Mouseketeer, or Musketeer. But let's go with Mouseketeer because that's what I'm actually referencing. So you combine those two because you know I love combining, combining, combining. You know what I mean? Words. So Monsketeers. And saying that reminds me that we have Monsketeer merch in our Skeleton Crew store. Just go to leolegacy.com, hover over the Skeleton Crew tab, and go down to Radnorock, and you can find all podcast merch there. Speaking of, welcome to Radnorock, the namesake of said merch. <laughs> My name's Justin, but you might know that already. If you don't, now you do. Nice to meet you. And today we are doing a retrospective episode, but not just your average run-of-the-mill movie retrospectives, which I don't know why I gave such boring adjectives for um, the movie retrospectives. I've actually really enjoyed doing all of those, but we're doing a, a ride retrospective today, not you know, something we do often, but we do on occasion, and this is one of those occasions, a Disney ride retrospective where we are diving into everything we didn't know we wanted to know about It's a Small World. Now, I don't like to place uh, these podcast episodes in time at all, simply because I want them to live on eternally, where you can listen to this at any given point in the future or in the past, if you have some ability to do that. Uh, you can listen to it at any point in time, and it'll feel as though it's relatable to your present day. You know what I mean? I feel like that's how you maintain the freshness of content. And why I'm saying that now is because, and this actually could work at various different times, but the family and I have just returned from a trip to Disneyland. So in our prior trips to Disney World, we have gone to Disneyland now, and I have a fresh, within the year, perspective of both the It's a Small World at the Magic Kingdom in Walt Disney World and It's a Small World at Disneyland. So this is exciting for me. Uh, I, I don't know. I was really stoked on this <laughs> because uh, I was able to capture footage for a ride along and a ride through uh, of It's a Small World for both. So on our various video channels, uh, YouTube, Rumbler, or Rumble, Rumble, not Rumbler, uh, Daily Motion, you know, all of those, all of those, you can find our Radnorock vlogentary ride-throughs and ride-alongs um, and experience the ride for yourself with or without my commentary. Like, I'm trying to appease 
all the tastes, all all the preferences. But I mean, if you don't like me talking, then this podcast is a unusual thing for you to do. But who am I to judge? You know what I am? You know what I am? <laughs> you know what I am? A narcissist cuz I just I always talk about me. Um Let's get into it, right? Everything we didn't know, we wanted to know about It's a Small World. It's a Small World is a water-based boat ride located in the Fantasyland area at various Disney-themed parks worldwide, including Disneyland Park in Anaheim, in Anaheim, California, Magic Kingdom at Walt Disney World Resort in Bay Lake, Florida, Orlando, Florida, Kissimmee, Florida, whatever you want to call it, uh, Tokyo Disneyland, Disneyland Paris, and Hong Kong Disneyland, with its inaugural version having premiered at the 1964 New York York. World's Fair before permanently moving to Disneyland. Oh, you know, stumbling over my words. It's what happens. It's what I do. It's what I'm most known for. Um, Ultimately, it seems like every Disney park, with the exception of Disney Sea and I guess uh, the Shanghai Disney park have a version of it's a small world and it the original the og it's a small world premiered at the 1964 new york world's fair and that same one apparently was moved to disneyland in anaheim california really fun it's really fun that they the so the Disneyland It's a Small World has a much more grand, what would you call that? A facade? Like the side of a building kind of thing? Uh, it's actually a giant cuckoo clock, for those of you who don't know. And that is something as well. We'll have it in a, a, a really short um, Radnorock uh, vlog and Terry watch along. With and without commentary. <laughs> How about that? Got to cash in on putting out as much content as possible. Um, Yeah, so when you see the Disneyland version of It's a Small World, like the, the, I don't know, the uh, grand nature of the whole thing makes a lot of sense now knowing that it was part of the 1964 New York World's Fair because the I can't really speak to the versions at you know Disneyland Paris, Tokyo, Hong Kong, any of those parks, but between the US based parks, 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 I have like a sinusy thing going on because I drank you know coffee and it makes me like I just too much info, but I apologize in advance. Uh, what was I getting at? Oh, yeah. Disney World and Disneyland. The Disney World, the Magic Kingdom version of uh, It's a Small World, has a less uh, f- landmarky 
version of the ride. Is that a good term to use, landmark? Uh, I don't know. Because It's a Small World, arguably at Disneyland, is just as grand as, in my opinion, and hot take maybe, controversial take, uh, I think it might be just as grand as the castle itself. Because you see that it's a small world, just facade, I'm calling it a facade. I'm presuming that's the correct thing. Like the facade, is that a thing on a building? Anyway, um, yeah, it's you. You look at it, and it's just as iconic in representing Disneyland as arguably the castle and the mountains, i.e., Matterhorn, Big Thunder, space, even Splash as well. Um, yeah. Anyhow, the ride features over 300 audio-animatronic dolls in traditional costumes from cultures around the world, frolicking in a spirit of international unity and singing the attraction's title song, which has a theme of global peace. It is the most, like, just... acceptance-based piece of content ever created. (laughs) That's what I'm going to say. Inclusion all around. Everyone's represented. Everyone feels good. It's a Small World is what a utopia would look like. You know what I mean? If there was just no... If there was world peace, no world hunger, no, like, discriminations of any kind the world would be, it's a small world. We would all be holding hands and hanging out with hippos that blink one eye at a time, um, choke chickens, uh, fly on magic carpets, and hang out with, you know, mermaids and kangaroos (laughs) all together. That's what we would be doing. In unison, singing the same song. (laughs) That, when you put it like that, it's a very culty, dystopian future. But you know what? I'd live there. I love It's a Small World. I'm, I'm one of the few in my family who really appreciates it, and I think that comes with age. You know, the kids will go on it because whatever. Um... Because it feels like Disney. Even if you're bored during the ride, it still feels very Disney being on the ride. And that's never a bad thing. But Bane, Rylan, like, they'll both be, oh, do we have to small world? Okay. Why can't we go on Space Mountain? You know, whatever. Maverick doesn't care. Maverick's too young to care. Uh, Marissa even is like, yeah, I, I like small world, but she likes everything Disney. She and I are the same. So, but I, I personally hold a passionate adoration for It's a Small World. Like, it, it really is just, you can't be bummed out and be on that ride. Um, yeah, in recent years, the Small World attractions at the various Disney parks have been updated to include depictions of Disney characters albeit in a design compatible with the original 1960s design of Mary Blair, 
alongside the original characters. So I can speak to that is not the case for the uh, Magic Kingdom-based Small World at Disney World, but that is true for the It's a Small World at Disneyland in California. So that's actually, that'll be really fun to see in our Radnorock ride-throughs and Vlog and Terry ride-alongs. Um, I'm going to be very honest with you folks right now. Monsketeers, I'm going to say that forever and brand the absolute heck out of that. And I'm still trying to watch my language too to be a family ba- family show for all ages. What was I saying? I think I was saying um, I haven't recorded or edited the uh, ride-along and ride-through yet, so I will make a note to specifically point out all the Disney-themed characters in the Disneyland version. I didn't do it in the Disney World Magic Kingdom version because they're not there. So the fact that I have those recorded already doesn't matter. Whatever. Anyhow, this is a lot of like behind-the-scenes talk, and I should uh, should pump the brakes on that and try my best not to bore anyone. I'm not going to make any promises, though. A uh, little bit of history. Fabricated at the Walt Disney Studios in Burbank, as Children of the World, it was created by W.E.D. Enterprises. Uh, W.E.D. I believe stands for Walt uh, Elias Disney. I believe. But I could be wrong. But anyhow. Web, it was, it was, blah, blah. Small World, Children of the World, which became Small World, was created by Web Enterprises and then shipped to the 1964 New York World's Fairs UNICEF Pavilion, sponsored by Pepsi, where it featured at its entrance a kinetic sculpture, the Tower of the Four Winds, a 120-foot perpetually spinning mobile mobile, uh, created by WED designer, Raleigh Crump. I really like that name. Raleigh Crump. So the Tower of the Four Winds. I wonder what that looked like. Maybe that's a photo we can dig up. Because I don't recall anything currently attached to the Disneyland Small World um, that has any sort of labeling of the Tower of the Four Winds. But I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But anyhow... Um, it was added to four attractions, Magic Skyway uh, from Ford, Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln, Illinois, uh, the Carousel of Progress, General Electric, and Circle Vision 360 Kodak. Oh, okay. I understand it now. So these were all four other Disney uh, creations at this World's Fair, and those are the sponsors. So it was added to four attractions, Magic Skyway, 
from Ford or by Ford. Great moments with Mr. Lincoln, Illinois, like the state of Illinois, sponsor that. Uh, the Carousel of Progress, General Electric, and Circle Vision 360 Kodak, already under development, which were used by Disney to sponsor, fund, and test concepts and develop ride systems and innovate entertainment intended to be moved and rebuilt at Disneyland after the World's Fair closed in 1966. Fascinating. So Moments with Mr. Lincoln and the Carousel of Progress uh, definitely both made it over to Disneyland per my recollection. Carousel of Progress isn't at Disneyland anymore. It's over at Disney World or there's a version of it in Tomorrowland at Disney World, but there was once a carousel, the Carousel of Progress at Disneyland, and Moments with Mr. Lincoln, I believe, yeah, it's still there. I remember seeing that when I when we were just there at Disneyland. Or now that I think about it, were those the no, maybe. Did they sponsor the rides or the pavilions? Because it says, let's see, the UNICEF pavilion sponsored by Pepsi. I don't know. There there seems to be room to, uh, when we do a retrospective for moments with Mr. Lincoln and Carousel of Progress, uh, I guess we'll figure it out then, right? Sorry, I got stumbled over progress because I started reading something else, but... Let's let's continue. Hey, so the Pepsi board of directors took so long to agree on what type of attraction to sponsor that then board member and widow of past company president Alfred Steele, actress Joan Crawford, uh, prevailed upon her longtime Hollywood friend Walt Disney to design such an attraction as would be suitable for Pepsi. And when you think Pepsi, you think uh, global utopia. I mean, <laughs> at least I do. Uh, because of the short lead time or short lead time to design, um, create and construct such an attraction, she instead or she insisted that the board of directors. Uh, accept his proposal, seeing as he was already designing attractions for the state of Illinois, Ford, General Electric, and Kodak, and knew Walt was the only one who could accomplish such a feat in the short time left until the fair was scheduled to open. The Wed Enterprise Company was given only 11 months to build the pavilion. Oh, they built the whole pavilion. So I'm confused um i guess by what a pavilion is because at epcot the pavilions are like the different showcase areas to my understanding so the unicef pavilion was the showcase area for children of the world which later became it's a small world and Joan Crawford had a big hand in in bringing this to reality. So thank you, Joan Crawford, 
for uh, giving us It's a Small World. 11 months. Isn't that crazy? It's a Small World, or a.k.a. Uh, Children of the World, was developed in 11 months. I guess when you have a water ride, though, that does cut some of the math and physics down. There's still some physics and math involved, I'm sure, but, like, a tracked vehicle, you know what I mean, could pose a few more complications. But, again, then all the animatronics, so I don't know what I'm talking about. Hey, doesn't matter, though. You know why? Because Mary Blair was responsible for the attraction's whimsical design and color styling. Blair had been an art director on several Disney animated features, including Cinderella, Alice in Wonderland, and Peter Pan. Well, look at that. Um, Now, do we get Cinderella, Alice in Wonderland, and Peter Pan vibes on the ride? No, I don't think so. Well, maybe a little Alice in Wonderland-y. I could see that. Um... But I was going to say that's good because it's none of those things. It's not a ride for any of those movies specifically, so I wouldn't want it to feel that way. But art director, fantastic. Good on you, Mary Blair. Mary Blair was an American artist, animator, and designer. She was... Prominent in producing art and animation for the Walt Disney Company, drawing concept art for such films as Alice in Wonderland, Peter Pan, Song of the South, and Alice in Wonderland. Or Cinderella. Sorry. My brain jumped lines, but I had already said Alice in Wonderland. The last one after Song of the South was Cinderella. Cinderella. Uh, Okay. Anyhow, like many Disneyland attractions, scenes and characters were designed by Mark Davis while his wife, Alice Davis, designed the costumes for the dolls. Uh, Raleigh Crump designed the toys and other supplemental figures on display. The animated dolls were designed and sculpted by Blaine Gibson, Uh, Walt was personally involved with Gibson's and Greg S. Uh, Sorry, I saw the period after S and I thought the sentence ended there. I thought it was a weird sentence that he was just personally involved with him. But Walt was personally involved with Gibson's and Greg S. Marilino, uh, the development of the doll's facial designs. Each animated doll's face was completely identical in shape. Wow. But not uh, artistically. But that's interesting. That's, see, more utopia. In a utopian society, everybody's face is completely identical in shape. <laughs> I believe it. Thanks to Pepsi and uh, Joan Crawford. I believe it. Aero Development was deeply involved in the design of the passenger-carrying boats and propulsion system of the attraction. A propulsion system? I guess the boat's got to get going somehow. Uh, two patents that were 
filed by Arrow development staff and assigned to the Walt Disney Company illustrate passenger boats and vehicle guidance systems with features very similar to those later utilized on the Disneyland installation of the attraction. Uh, The firm was credited with manufacturing the Disneyland installation as well. So I guess that makes sense. The the full installation of the ride couldn't necessarily, I guess, be moved from one coaster to the other to the other, or it could, but maybe why should it? Um, I wonder if the original Children of the World had a similar like path waterway being followed as it's a small world does, but at the same time, to do that you would have to know the exact space at Disneyland it was going to fill yeah it couldn't it, it could but it seems like a lot of extra time and money and resources would go into making the boat path identical at the World's Fair and at Disneyland so i don't know but it does sound expensive doesn't it um the song children of the world was the working title of the attraction. Its tentative soundtrack, which can be heard on the album, featured the national anthems of each country represented throughout the ride, all playing all at once. That feels jumbly. But I'm assuming you would hear the different anthems when you're in the different countries. They're not just playing like, you know, the the United States anthem over the Canadian one, over the Australian one, over, you know what I mean? <laughs> but maybe they did. And that that does not sound um, pleasing. Or it doesn't sound that it would sound pleasing. Right? Right. Anyway. Um, oh, this is one of those times where I should have just kept reading. Okay, so it does sound like they all did play on top of each other, which resulted in a disharmonic cacophony. Walt constructed a walkthrough of the attraction scale model with his staff songwriters, Robert B. Sherman and Richard M. Sherman, saying, I need one song that can be easily translated into many languages and be played as a round. Oh, you genius man, Walt Disney. Uh, the Sherman brothers then wrote, it's a small world after all. In the wake of the 1962 Cuban Missile Crisis, which influenced the song's message of peace and brotherhood. Wow. Bet you didn't know that the Cuban Missile Crisis was an influential piece to the composition (laughs) or the composing of It's a Small World. Yeah, no, you don't really align It's a Small World with the Cuban Missile Crisis, but hey, you know what? There it is. There it is. Um... When they first presented it to Walt, they played it as a slow ballad. Wow. That's, can you imagine a slow ballad through the ride (laughs) instead of like the chipper and upbeat version we have? Um, Walt requested something more cheerful. So they sped up the tempo and sang it K 
counterpoint or sang in counterpoint. I don't know what that is because I'm not musically literate. Um, But for some of you musicians out there, there you go. Walt was so delighted with the final result that he renamed the attraction It's a Small World after the Sherman Brothers song. Look at that. The song was so good that the ride was named for the song. The song wasn't named for the ride. There you go. Another little piece, little tidbit for you. Robert J. Sherman, youngest son of Robert B. Sherman, has claimed that this song is the single most performed and most translated piece of music. I believe it. In 2014, it was estimated that the song had played nearly 50 million times worldwide on the attraction alone. Yeah, I totally get that. It's on repeat all day long at all the Disney parks that Small World's at. Um... On the okay, let's see, beating out the radio and TV estimates for You've Lost That Love and Feeling and Yesterday, which were believed to have been played at least eight to seven million times, respectively. Uh, a third verse celebrating the attraction's 50th anniversary was written and popularized, but not incorporated into the ride. I wonder what that verse sounds like. I wonder if I've heard it. Hmm. Uh, global installations. The 1964 New York World's Fair, the first incarnation of It's a Small World, which debuted at the 1964 New York World's Fair, was an afterthought and nearly did not happen. Ford and General Electric had en- engaged Disney early on to create their pa- their pavilions. Okay, so the companies, each company had their pavilion, I guess, for the uh, 1964 New York World's Fair. Wed Enterprises had already long been at work developing a dancing doll design to reproduce human movement resulting in a crude early audio animatronics fashioned uh, as Abraham Lincoln, uh, okay, when the state of Illinois approached Disney to create the Illinois Pavilion. Uh, Representatives of the state instantly approved after being introduced to the robotic figurehead. Okay, so they were like, well, we're already playing with animatronics. We got Lincoln, so let's do more. Um, and how bizarre. So they introduced the representatives to Lincoln. Like, that, that must have been a mind-blowing experience in 1964. Uh, a 9 Widescreen Circle Vision 360 exhibit for Kodak's pavilion was also being planned as an improvement over the existing Disneyland 1143 format screen Cinerama, which later failed the installation deadline for opening when Pepsi approached Disney with a plan to tribute UNICEF. So... Let's see. The Kodak Pavilion, the Circle 360 exhibit, uh, later failed 
the installation deadline for the opening when Pepsi approached to do the small world or the uh, children of the world. Okay. So did I read that right? So to my understanding, the Circle Vision 360 exhibit was, uh, it failed the deadline, the installation deadline for the opening. Or was that the Children of the World one? I don't know. Anyway. Um, Disney seemed to be the showman to give us the package we want. He's terrific. He's got his hands in more bowls than anyone I've ever seen. But he accomplishes what he sets out to do. J.G. Malayli. Malayli? Malayli. Yeah, Malayli. Ford's uh, World's Fair program manager. Okay. Well, that's a nice little quote from uh, Ford's World's Fair program manager. But Ford was doing the... What did Ford do? Ford had the... uh, I don't remember. I lost it. But anyhow. Oh, wait, there it is. Um, Magic Skyway. Ford had the Magic Skyway. Okay. Anyhow. April 22nd, 1964 through opening day. In quotes, a salute to the children of the world designed by Walt Disney presents animated figures frolicking in miniature settings of many lands. Visitors are carried past the scenes in small boats. In an adjoining building, Pepsi sponsors exhibits by the U.S. Committee for the United Nations Children's Fund. Uh, Above the pavilion rises the 120-foot Tower of the Four Winds, a fanciful creation of colored shapes that dance and twist in the breeze. Oh, uh, end quote. The, from the 1965 official guidebook to the New York World's Fair. The attraction was incredibly successful. 10 million 60 cent and 95 cent tickets for children and adults, respectively, were collected in two and a half or in a wait, two half year seasons. In two half year seasons. Okay. Got it. So six months. <laughs> is, that, is that right? The attraction was incredibly successful. 10 million 60 cent and 95 cent tickets for children and adults respectively were collected in two half year seasons and the proceeds were donated to UNICEF. So I'm going to say six months, I guess maybe, Um, but maybe they weren't consecutive. I don't know. That's weird. Um, While other attractions had lines out the doors there seemed to always be a seat available aboard It's a Small World. Its high rider per hour capacity was recognized as a valuable innovation and was incorporated indirectly and directly 
into future attractions. Pirates of the Caribbean had been under construction at Disneyland as a uh, subterranean walkthrough. Oh. That's interesting. That design was scrapped and concrete was broken out so similar boats could sail past scenes, which, because the original walkthrough scene length was not shortened, there or were now different each voyage. Another concept which forever influenced attraction design and popularity. Hold on, let's go back a minute. Um, okay, so Pirates of the Caribbean originally was going, was intended to be a walkthrough, which being riding the boats, like that's a such an important element to a pirate ride. Um, let's see, okay, so that the walkthrough that design was scrapped as concrete was broken out so similar boats could sail past scenes which because the original walkthrough sing length was not shortened were now different each voyage another concept which forever influenced attraction design and popularity so my dyslexic brain is having a hard time processing that but this is how i'm processing that the walkthrough ride length was not shortened. So now, anytime you ride, you would ride Pirates of the Caribbean, the possibility of a different set, of, you would see a different set of scenes, I guess. So would the boats break off and go different ways? I don't know. I, I do, I can say with confidence that the Disneyland version of Pirates of the Caribbean is much longer than the Magic Kingdom at Disney World uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. So, But I guess we're going to learn more about that when we do our retrospective on Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> All right. Uh, Disneyland. So at Disneyland, the boats enter a show building through a tunnel under the Small World Clock and emerge from the attraction 15 minutes later. The show building interior is larger than the facade. Haha, <laughs> facade was the right word. Voyagers see animatronic dolls in traditional local costumes singing It's a Small World, after all. And if you don't know, the song is It's a Small World. And then in parentheses, it says after all. Uh, anyway. Um, the dolls, traditional clothes, singing It's a Small World After All. Together, each in their native language, boats carry voyagers as they visit the regions of the world. Other Disney park installations uh, wind the flume around one large room, emphasizing its theme that the world is small and uh, interconnected. Each installation may vary the countries which are represented and the other or and the order in which they appear. The boats are so, uh, stored behind the facade and go in and out backstage in between the Spanish room. What? Hold on. 
other Disney park installations wind the flume around one large room, emphasizing its theme that the world is small and interconnected. Each installation may vary the countries which are represented and the order in which they appear. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. So the other Disney parks um, have a different ride path than the one at Disneyland. So it sounds like they go in a circle in a one big in one big showroom. Um in one big room. So the okay, and then and then each of the installations vary which countries they show or they feature um and the represented order and they appear okay so it's just like you know you you don't know i mean if you go if if you've been on the ride you know what you're gonna get but each visit to a small world ride will be different get is that what i'm saying so no two no two small worlds are built exactly alike is what i'm getting um, let's see. The ride was originally sponsored by Bank of America from when it opened until 1990. The ride was then sponsored by Mattel from 1992 to 1991 or 1999. That didn't make sense. Sorry. <laughs> so Mattel sponsored the ride from 1992 to 1999. Fascinating. Okay. So the exterior... Um, the Tower of the Four Winds was not relocated to Disneyland's It's a Small World after the New York World's Fair. In its place is an outdoor oval flume and boarding queue decorated with topiary backed by large flat by a large flat facade with stylized cutout turrets towers and uh marionettes which are vaguely reminiscent of world landmarks such as the eiffel tower and the leaning tower of pisa the facade was designed to or was designed by disney imagineer raleigh crump who was inspired by mary blair's styling walt disney asked raleigh to design a large 30-foot clock, a central feature of the exterior facade with a smiling face that rocks back and forth to a ticking sound. Fascinating. Um, And that is specifically, well, I guess, I mean, the Disneyland one is definitely a giant clock. Um, I don't think the one in Disney World, the Magic Kingdom, operates as a clock. Uh, Anyway, a parade of wooden dolls in native culture costumes dance out from doors at the base of the small world clock to an instrumental toy soldier version of It's a Small World After All. Uh, In preparation for each quarter hour, uh, reminiscent of a Europe, European automaton clock, 
Um, I want an automaton clock. And it's specifically reminiscent of a European automaton clock. So in Pinocchio, are those automaton clocks that Geppetto has made? I'm going to start calling them automaton clocks because I've called it a cuckoo clock for a long time. But never once does the clock say cuckoo at It's a Small World that I'm aware of. Um, so it's, an, a, it's a European automaton clock. And each quarter hour is when they come out. I thought it was each half hour. But no, each quarter hour, which makes a lot more sense because you'll see it a lot more frequently. Huh. Anyway, um, as the last doll returns into the clock, the parade doors close and the large central pair of doors open to to reveal two giant toy blocks. The large block displays stylized numerals of the hour. The small one displays the minutes while large and small bells toll to count the hours and quarters. Didn't realize it was that detailed, but of course it is. It's a European automaton clock. (laughs) Um, The exterior has been subtly repainted over the years, first as all white with a gold-silver trim in 1966, then in various shades of blue in 1977, then in pink and white with pastel accents in 1992. That's the version I remember... um, seeing as a child which makes sense because i wasn't alive in 66 or 77 uh portions of the left side of the original facade were removed in 1991 to make room for the entrance to mickey's toontown you know what that does make a lot of sense because um i i feel like small world I mean, I could say it, it felt bigger the younger I was, but at the same time, one, I guess it was because parts of it were removed to make room for Toontown. But also, I just have these vivid memories of like the entire back of Disneyland being the small world facade. One, because I was smaller, and two, because it, it was actually somewhat bigger. So, look at that. Look at that. Um, You know, when I break... Okay, entrance to Mickey's Toontown. All right. As of 2020, the facade is white with a gold trim as it was in 1966, except the original gold and silver paint of the clock, the smiling clock face, is now entirely gold leaf. Oh. You know, I guess we'll see that. In the ride-along and ride-through, the uh, Radnorock ride-along and Vlog and Terry ride-through, or ride-along. It's the Vlog and Terry ride-along and then the just ride-through, okay? Ride-throughs don't have commentary. Ride-along it does because they're riding together. Get it? So uh, I, will, I will do my best to take special note um, to point out that the clock... The smiling clock face should now be entirely gold leaf because we are 
close enough. There hasn't been another update since 2020, so we we shall see. Um, the facade was repainted back to its original color scheme in 2002. Uh, the gardens around the building are decorated with topiary animals. During the 2005 to 2006 holiday season, an elaborate multimedia presentation was projected on the door or the on the outdoor facade, which registered colored patterns matched to fit the facade each quarter hour after dusk. Guests were encouraged to view the popular Remember Dreams Come True fireworks presentation from the It's a Small World mall and nearby parade viewing platform built for light and magic, which had included a smoking area now relocated under the monorail track between the Matterhorn bobsleds and Autopia. To decrease overwhelming crowds gathered for viewing the fireworks spectacular in Plaza and Main Street. So, again, my dyslexic brain just kind of jumbled that all together for the most part. But what I'm picking up is that um, they wanted guests to watch the fireworks from the It's a Small World mall and nearby parade viewing platforms uh, for Light and Magic so that there would be space for people to see the Small World facade do its holiday multimedia presentation thing. That's what I'm gathering. So, fun little tidbit. Um, other changes between, (laughs) here we go. Other changes between 1966 to 2008. So in this little chunk of time, let's talk about some other changes. (laughs) When the ride was moved to Disneyland in 1966, a scene representing Oceana was added to the ride, which was not included at the World's Fair due to time and budget constraints. At the same time, hello and goodbye rooms were added to the attraction, which have also seen several changes over the years. That's right. When you're going in, they have signs that say, at least the Disneyland one. And maybe maybe the Magic Kingdom one. I'm really not so sure. The Magic Kingdom one definitely has the uh, goodbye room, but Disney World or Disneyland for sure has the hello room and goodbye room, both. Um, Sweet. Uh, Several changes over the years. In the 1960s to 70s, there were stylized cutouts of flowers saying hello and goodbye in different languages. These were then changed to stylized rainbows with cutout butterflies in the 80s and 90s before changing to a uh, nautical theme with stylized boats with different greetings at the turn of the millennium. 
Um, when Bank of America sponsored the ride, there was also a message in the goodbye room that read, wherever you go around the world, you're never far from Bank of America. Man, that is some aggressive product placement and advertising. Uh, the final scene also received changes as originally the color palette was white with colored pastels such as pink, yellow, and light blue. Uh, and in the early 80s, this would be changed to a darker color palette of black as well as purple and blue. Interesting. Uh, there also used to be a large stylized sun at the end of the final scene, which would be remo removed circa 1990 for unknown reasons. Uh-oh. Somebody found out something nefarious about that sun, so they had to cancel it. In addition, many other scenes also saw subtle changes through the years. Well, between 1964, what four or yeah four and now you know and actually these are all scenes changed from the 1966 on because that's when uh it's a small world landed in disneyland right we learned that uh 2008 refurbishment disneyland's it's a small world was closed from january to november 2008, almost a full year, closed and reopening in holiday version, skipping the summer season to receive a major refurbishment. So they closed, they ended, they closed the ride at the end of a holiday season to open in the middle of another holiday season, which I find to be fairly interesting. Um, the building structure was improved. Uh, Permanent attachments created for the It's a Small World holiday overlay. Uh, the water flume replaced and its propulsion upgrade to electric water jet turbines and the attractions aging fiberglass boats redesigned in durable plastic. Okay. So let's break this down, because again, dyslexic brain. Hang on. All right. So let's see. The building's structure was improved. Okay. Permanent attachments created for It's a Small World Holiday overlay. I guess those were added. Um, the water flume replaced its propulsion upgraded to electric water jets so the propulsion system whatever it was before was upgraded to electric water jet turbines um, and then the attractions aging fiberglass boats were redesigned in durable plastic gotcha 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 uh, the refurbishment added 29 new disney characters each in their native land in a similar manner to the Hong Kong Disneyland version. Uh, the refurbishment also restored the original white and pastel colors in the final or in the finale, as well as the farewell sun and tapestry uh, 
the latter of which hadn't been seen since 19 since the 1964-1965 World's Fair. Fascinating. Okay, so the sun the sun is back. The farewell sun has returned. Uh, we will see that in the ride along or ride through if you don't like me talking. Uh, so and then twenty nine. There are twenty nine Disney characters on the Disneyland or in the Disneyland. It's a small world. Hmm. Uh, Osram Sylvania has agreed to a twelve year sponsorship in. 2014, the sponsor logo at the attraction's entrance changed to that of Simmons AG, the parent company of Sylvania. The sponsorship ended its run after the 2017 Christmas season. Wow. And I don't know if I said that right. Siemens AG? S-I-E- M-E-N-S, Simmons, Siemens, I don't know. You tell me how it's pronounced, all right? You tell me. Uh, let's see. The Magic, The Memories, and You. Ooh. Also see Celebrate Tokyo Disneyland. As part of Disney's Let the Memories Begin campaign for 2011, a nighttime projection show premiered at Disneyland's it's a small world in Anaheim on January 27th, 2011. The magic, the memories and you show projected sequences of Disney attractions and characters set to Disney music onto the exterior facade of it's a small world to fill its architectural features personalized with exclusive photographs and videos of part guests taken that day by Disney's PhotoPass cast members. That's really cool. So if you had your photo taken by a PhotoPass cast member during that time, you could have your photo projected on It's a Small World. That's unbelievably magical. I hope they do that again at some point. Um... Hmm. The show also existed in Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom, but was projected onto Cinderella's castle. Interesting. As the Let the Memories Begin campaign drew to a close, the show ended its run on Labor Day, September 3rd, 2012, at both locations. So Magic Kingdom and Disneyland. Uh, the Florida version was eventually replaced by Celebrate the Magic in fall 2012 and later once upon a time in 2016 the magic the memories and you theme song later rewritten for celebrate with an exclamation point tokyo disneyland as part of the tokyo disney resort 35th anniversary celebration that premiered at tokyo disneyland on july 10th 2018, which also celebrated uh, as nod and tribute for the former nighttime projection show. Fascinating. Again, also, I wonder if uh, 
I wonder how often they recycle songs like that. Cause we've heard, we've heard of them recycling songs, you know, that didn't make one film to be used in another, specifically in, uh, Alice in Wonderland and Peter Pan. So yeah, that's another fun little tidbit that I'd like to look into more and find out how frequently it happens with like the, I guess it could happen all the time because who's really, really going to know. And it's much cheaper to re write a song, maybe lyrically and a little bit structurally than coming up with a whole new melody and instrumental parts and all that kind of stuff. So, huh? All right. So magic kingdom, excuse me. I just kind of burped a little. So excuse me. I'm sorry about that. I don't think it was that necessary for me to point it out, but I, I just, you know, trying to be a better person. (laughs) Uh, Magic Kingdom. On October 1st, 1971, a version of the ride opened in Florida's Walt Disney World Fantasyland within Magic Kingdom. The boarding queue was built inside the Enchanted Hall, which is a an alleyway that transitions from Fantasyland to Liberty Square. Huh. Um, And the three-dimensional facade that is seen outdoors in the other Disney parks was instead located in a slightly smaller scale along the far wall. Uh, The clock lacks the parade of wooden dolls and instead goes straight to opening the central pair of doors to reveal the time. Okay, so it does still operate as a uh, European automaton clock. (laughs) Uh, The company Kodak sponsored the attraction for an unknown period of time in the early 80s before the toy company Mattel sponsored the attraction from 1991 until 1998 when it transferred its sponsorship to another Magic Kingdom attraction, Buzz Lightyear's Space Ranger Spin in nearby Tomorrowland uh, from that attraction's opening in 1988 to 1999, when it also dropped its sponsorship of that attraction, thus ending Mattel's history as a Walt Disney World sponsor. In 2005, the attraction's load area was redesigned to feature an indoor version of the facade and clock tower based on the attraction's Disneyland counterpart. Huh. That's interesting. I did not realize that that was only added. Because it definitely has... So the Magic Kingdom Small World definitely has a, a... similar vibe as the Disneyland one aesthetically, you know what I mean? Including the big clock face. Uh, That's interesting to know that it was only added in 2005 and it makes me wonder what it looked like before that. Hmm. Hmm. Anyhow, sorry about clearing my throat, but it's a necessary evil. You know what I mean? gonna drink coffee it's gonna make me have throat issues but the coffee kind of like gets my brain going so if you want a well thought out podcast i need some caffeine okay so you're just gonna have to deal with my gross voice 
and throat noises. So Tokyo Disneyland. The Tokyo Disneyland version of the attraction is identical in layout to the Magic Kingdom version, except for these differences. Uh, the facade's design is an almost complete replica of the California counterpart under a different color scheme, resembling Disneyland's 1990s version, a version that I recall and love dearly. Uh, the loading area is split into two zones instead of one. A welcome room was added during the 2018 refurbishment, resembling the one at the California version. Uh, there are scenes featuring various Disney characters redesigned in Mary Blair's style that were added during the 2018 refurbishment. Um, the Asian room features radically different sets and dolls for Japan and China compared to the Magic Kingdom version. A Mandarin language track was added to the China section in the 2018 refurbishment. The ride uses a different, more recent recording of the song sung in Japanese, specifically created for this version instead of the original Japanese recording. The vocal track is used for both the Asian room and the finale room. Um, the walls of the African, South American, and Oceania rooms are painted in colors similar to the Magic Kingdom versions before its uh, 2005 renovation. The Polynesian room has vocals singing in English. Uh, and then the goodbye room resembles the one found at the California, the uh, Disneyland version. Uh, two, uh, yeah, 2018, 2018 refurbishment. On March 1st, 2017, Tokyo Disneyland's version of It's a Small World closed down for refurbishment for its first major update since the park's opening in 1983. Uh, reopened on April 8th, 2018, um, conclude. Oh, coinciding with Tokyo Disneyland's 35th anniversary, the, tr the attraction featured 40 characters from Disney properties, including Cinderella, Alice in Wonderland, Peter Pan, the Aristocrats, or the Aristocats, sorry, the Aristocats, Brave, the Little Mermaid, Aladdin, Pinocchio, the Jungle Book, the Lion King, Hercules, the Three Caballeros, Mulan, Tangled, Lilo and Stitch, Frozen, Finding Nemo, and Moana, similar to its counterparts in California and Hong Kong. So the attraction features 40 Disney characters in the Tokyo It's a Small World, but I think it did say 29 in the Disneyland one, so quite a few more than... Uh, the 29 found at Disneyland. I'm just verifying. Yeah, 29 new Disney characters. Oh, I wonder if there were Disney characters prior to that and then they added 29 new ones. Huh. Because I very much don't recall if they had Disney characters prior to that. But maybe we went over it and my brain is just, you know, flattening out. 
Anyway, um, the attraction was initially set to be relocated to another area in Fantasyland with a new facade similar to the California counterpart as part of original expansion plans announced in October 2014 for the resort within the next 10 years before being revised and updated. The updated version of the attraction soft opened on April 8th, 2018, revealing a redone color scheme for the facade, a new TikTok sound, and parade music similar to the ones used in Hong Kong and Anaheim. An entirely redone loading area dubbed Small World Station, a new welcome room, uh... An extended goodbye room, redone set pieces, and music tracks new to the ride, including a Mandarin language track added to the China scene, formerly exclusive to the Hong Kong version, along with aforementioned Disney characters. So that little piece kind of felt redundant and just very repetitive to stuff we had already known, right? A little bit. Um, Disneyland Paris. The attraction at Disneyland Paris is a departure from other versions of the attraction. The facade features rearranged and slightly redesigned landmarks with completely with a completely different clock tower. The exterior clock face features a wide awake sun on its left half and a sleeping moon on its right half. Unlike all other versions of the ride, every scene is housed in one room with arches being used to define sections of the ride. The the scenery design is a complete departure from Mary Blair's distinctive style, though the dolls used remain identical to all other versions. The ride also uses a completely different soundtrack composed by John uh, Dedeny, Dedeny, right? Debony? Oh, it might be. Yeah, it's Debony. Debony. See? Stupid dyslexia. Debony. John Debony, which was also used for roughly a decade at the California version from 1992 to 2002 before switching back to the original soundtrack uh, from 1966, uh, which can be described as more ornate compared to the original soundtrack. So this John Debony version is more ornate, ornate compared to the original 1966 soundtrack. Huh. Um, this is the first version of the ride to incorporate a scene for North America with dolls representing Canada and the United States, and a distinct Middle Eastern section with dolls singing in Arabic and Hebrew. Oh, look at you, Paris. In the finale room, in addition to the song being sung in English, it is also sung in Dutch, French, German, and Russian. Also, the attraction had a post-show area called World Chorus, that was sponsored by Orange SA, which opened with the park in 1992 and then closed in 2010 to make way for the Princess Pavilion meet and greet area. Okay, so this is still Disneyland Paris, a 2015 refurbishment. 
as part of an ongoing plan to refurbish several attractions in the parks or for the parks 25th anniversary, this version went under an extensive refurbishment for six months before it reopened on December 9th, 2015. Uh, The refurbishment included a different color scheme for the facade that is identical to the color scheme when it first opened, restored assets and special effects, refurbished boats, new LED lighting to replace the old stage lighting, and all 176 dolls in the ride being progressively replaced through 2017. So in 2017, the dolls were being progressively replaced with what? Do they look the same or are they just completely different dolls now? They can't be. Because, I mean, the doll, the, the, the small world doll is, is a key factor to the ride. Um, the entrance and exit rooms have been completely revamped, being identical to the entrance scene in Hong Kong, Disneyland's or in Hong Kong Disneyland's version and the exit scene in the Magic Kingdom and Hong Kong Disneyland versions. Okay, so the entrance scene now looks like the Hong Kong Disneyland version and then the exit scene matches the Magic Kingdom and Hong Kong Disneyland versions. Uh, Let's see. Re-entered in the... Oh, wait, hold on. Okay, no, that's not re-entered. See? Dyslexia again. Okay. Uh, rendered. <laughs> These scenes are rendered in the Mary Blair style, similar to the other parks. Okay. The soundtrack has been completely remastered with the bass int- instrumental removed from the majority of the ride's audio experience for the finale, making the soundtrack more similar to the original version. Additionally, new audio tracks are added including a new recording of someone yodeling to the tune of the song in the Switzerland scene. How do you yodel in the tune of It's a Small World? Oh, I can kind of hear it in my head. I'm not going to do it out loud. Yodel, yeah, I'm not a good yodeler. Unless it's yodeling like the Seven Dwarfs. I can yodel like they can. But, like, no, not, not on par to a Swiss uh, yodeler doing It's a Small World. Ha. Huh. So, Hong Kong Disneyland. The Hong Kong Disneyland version of the attraction is mostly modeled after the original Disneyland counterpart using a canal for the boats to travel through instead of the open-ended water track found in the Magic Kingdom, Tokyo, and Paris versions. Some of this version's prominent and unique characteristics include... 38 Disney characters, all rendered in the Mary Blair style, added to scenes where their stories originated. This plan was originally supposed uh, was originally supposed to be for the Magic Kingdom version of the attraction. Oh, I wonder why they scrapped it and sent it to Hong Kong. Um, an expanded Asia sequence with Hong Kong, the Philippines, and Korea represented with children singing in Cantonese, Tagalog, uh, and Korean, respectively, as well as an extended China scene with 
or with represented or that's see look at this this does not make sense as well as an extended china scene with represented with children singing in mandarin there's too many withs there shouldn't be a with before they're represented um yeah so that that should say respectively as well as extended as an extended china scene represented with children singing in mandarin um, a distinct Middle Eastern room and scenes for North America similar to the Paris version. Uh, let's see. Extraordinary fiber optic lighting effects in the finale room not seen on any other Disney attraction. Cantonese, Korean, Mandarin, and, Mandarin and Tagalog versions of the song that were specifically recorded for Hong Kong Disneyland. Uh, the final... Or the finale is sung in three languages, Cantonese, English, and Mandarin. The attraction is the largest indoor attraction at Hong Kong Disneyland. It is situated or yeah, it is situated beyond the Hong Kong Disneyland Railroad next to Disney's Storybook Theater where Mickey and the wondrous book is performed daily. Got it. Okay. Cool. The uh, Hong Kong Disneyland one sounds... They all sound neat. Paris sounds neat, too. I want to go on all of them, man. All of them. Uh, holiday Overlay. Since 1997, Disneyland has featured It's a Small World Holiday during the end-of-the-year Christmas and holiday season. The attraction is closed in late October to receive temporary holiday decorations inside and outside and reopens in early November before the start of the busy holiday tourist season. After the holiday season, It's a Small World Holiday stays open until late January where it closes to remove the holiday overlay and return to classic It's a Small World in early February. Um, also, one million lights are included during the holidays. The overlay has provided or has proved very popular and has led to the installation of fast pass machines. So there would be fast pass machines to go see the million lights adorning uh, the outside of It's a Small World or the It's a Small World facade. That's cool. Uh, the attraction is the same boy, boy, the attraction is the same boat voyage through many regions of the world, though the main theme song is not played in full. Instead, the children sing Jingle Bells and an abridged uh, and an abridge. That's weird. I've never heard anything. I always heard an abridged version of, but this just says, and an abridge of Deck the Halls. So they sing Jingle Bells and a short version of Deck the Halls, in addition to the main theme. Other versions of this overlay have been implemented at different international versions of the ride since. Uh, since the holiday 2009 season, the Disney characters and the Spirit of America room formally 
the uh, transition room, the covered transition room, have joined in the It's a Small World holiday at Disneyland. Okay. During the 2019 holiday season, Disney Imagineering added three new scents on It's a Small World holiday. Uh, that's interesting. So they added scents to the ride. I wonder what scents. Maybe like gingerbread and stuff like that. Uh, since 1997, the European room has implemented a peppermint gingerbread scent, now accompanied by three new scents such as cherry blossoms in Asia, cinnamon in South America, and coconuts in the South Seas. For the 2020-2021 season, the overlay didn't take place due to COVID-19 and the ongoing closure of Disneyland Park. What a dismal time in human history. Uh, prior to the 2018 refurbishment, Tokyo Disneyland had a version of It's a Small World Holiday called It's a Small World Very Merry Holidays. <laughs> okay. Uh, Disneyland Paris had a version of the overlay in which the full holiday soundtrack was not used. Um, for the 2009 winter season, it received an overhaul with an official name of It's a Small World Celebration. The overhaul included new lighting and decorations throughout the ride, and the entire ride now uses the full It's a Small World Holiday soundtrack. Okay. Following a 2015 renovation, uh, It's a Small World Celebration was planned was planned to use an updated soundtrack originally set for winter 2016. However, it was delayed for unknown reasons. It's a Small World Celebration returned for the 2017-2018 holiday season featuring an updated soundtrack. Hong Kong Disneyland implemented its own version called It's a Small World Christmas. Do you hear my voice crack? It's a Small World Christmas. That highlights the Disney character scenes in Christmas fashion with an appearance of Santa Claus in the North Pole scene. It's kind of fascinating that they don't have Santa in the North Pole scene always, right? Um, hmm. The Magic Kingdom does not have its own holiday edition of It's a Small World, and the regular ride operates continuously through the holiday season. Tokyo Disneyland, Disneyland Paris. I don't know. That was the last sentence. It was just Tokyo Disneyland, Disneyland Paris. And that is a bummer that they do not deck out It's a Small World um, all Christmas-like in Magic Kingdom. Because I feel like they can. They're working with a smaller facade, so, you know, get it together, right? <laughs> just kidding. Uh television series and planned film uh-oh on november 26 2013 disney releases it's a small world the animated series on disney.com disney's youtube channels and disney's connected tv apps did not know that 
might have to do some cartoon commentary on those. Uh, on April 22nd, 2014, it was announced a feature film franchise about the ride was in the works to be directed by John, I don't know how to say this last name, Turtle, T-U-R-T-E-L-T-A-U-B, Turtle Tob? John Turtletub? 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 I don't know. Sorry, John. Uh, written by Jared Stern and produced by Turtletob Stern and Dan Lynn. Uh, as of December 2021, no new information on the film, let alone a release date, has been announced. So we're still waiting on that. Uh, fascinating, man. So some final little tidbits. It's a Small World is located in so Disneyland it's located uh in Fantasyland it's currently operating it opened it opened May 28th 1966 uh 55 years ago every February of any year okay so every February of any year it is still only 55 years ago I'm having a hard time understanding that. Um, and also it says area for Disneyland, Fantasyland slash It's a Small World. Because it's so big, it's almost its own, it's own. It's a landmark. It's almost its own land. It's almost its own thing. Uh, let's see. Magic Kingdom is located in Fantasyland. Opened October 1st, 1971. Uh, Tokyo Disneyland is... It is also located in Fantasyland. Opened April 15th, 1983. Uh, Disneyland Paris. It is also in Fantasyland. Doesn't give an opening date for that one. Disney Hong Kong. It is also in Fantasyland. Opening on April 28th, 2008. Um, it was at the World's Fair in 1964. For April 22nd, 1964, to be precise. And it closed October 17th, 1965. Um, yeah, general statistics. Attraction type, Old Mill, Designer, W.E.D. Enterprises, Walt Disney Imagineering. Theme, World Peace and Unity. Music, It's a Small World After All, written by the Sherman Brothers. Vehicle type, boats. Rider per vehicle, 16. Rows, 4. Riders per row, 4. Duration, 12 to 15 minutes. Propulsion method, water jets and electric turbine. Huh. Such fascinating stuffs. Okay, then they got Hollywood, or not Hollywood, but Holiday... Small, it's a small world holiday, but it's just giving the same information because it's literally in the same exact place. <laughs> Uses the same turbines and everything. So there you go, folks. That appears to be everything we didn't know we wanted to know about It's a Small World. And personally, as you know, we're all Disney fans. I'm assuming if you're listening to these podcast episodes, you are a Disney fan much like myself 
and my family. Um, Small World, without Small World, it is hard for it to feel like a successful visit to any Disney park where it's available. And from what we know now and what we understand, it's available in every Disney park. The only Disney park, well, I take that back. Disney Sea does not have, and it's a small world, and it doesn't sound like uh, Disney in Shanghai has one either. So, um, bummer. Maybe they'll get them though one day. Uh, personally, I've been on two. I've been on two of the one, two, three, four, five different existing small worlds. So, two down, three to go. And you know I'll record ride-alongs and ride-throughs for these. Speaking of, there's more to Radnorock than just the podcast. Go scope out our, really our website will be the best place to go. You can just go to leallegacy.com, go up to our Radnorock tab, and go down to Vlogentary or ride-throughs. And there you can find... Not one, but both versions of the It's a Small World rides that I've been on personally. So both U.S. versions of It's a Small World, you can do the uh, ride-through of both without my commentary, or you want to ride it with me and see what I got to say about the ride going through it, you can do that too. So already right now, the ride-along, the vlogentary ride-along, and the ride-through for the Magic Kingdom version of It's a Small World are available. And, you know, as of this recording, I have the footage for the Disneyland version, but I haven't edited it together yet. I mean, depending on when you listen to this, it's likely already up. But if you listen to this the day the episode dropped, give me give me a few days, okay? I'll, I'll get it up there. It'll be up there shortly, so keep checking back. Um, and you can always come back to this episodes page on leolegacy.com and I will uh, link all the videos there so you can just have it all in one convenient spot and I have decided right now right this second that I will be doing some sort of um, small world theme design for our skeleton crew Disnerd collection you can go scope out everything we have available in our skeleton crew disnerd collection at leolegacy.com or skeletoncrewbrand.com and that's c-r-u-e like motley crew but not it's skeleton crew anyway um the best way to support everything we got going on here at leo legacy is to visit our site regularly watch our videos regularly and to shop our skeleton crew store regularly, right? I'm always putting things in and out, taking things out, putting new things in. It's, it's a revolving door in the skeleton crew store. So if you see something you want, you better grab it because who knows if I'm going to get a wild hair and take it down or replace it or redesign it. And I'm, I'm unpredictable when it comes to things like that, which is probably bad for business, but it hypes Hikes, hikes up the collectability of some of these designs because, I mean, might as well be an NFT. You got the only one. I got a buddy over in the UK, JB. Shout out, homie. Um, he's got a couple uh, of never-to-be-released-again 
skeleton crew shirt skeleton crew shirts and so does my pal chris thunderbolt wakefield um you can find jb at talk nerdy to me talk nerdy.uk i think is his website and uh chris thunderbolt wakefield on his podcast horror homeschool which you know he didn't use the uh the show artwork that I designed for him, but that's okay. That's okay. We're still friends. I only hold a slight grudge and I've made a voodoo doll of him, but that's neither here nor there. This is about star Wars or star Wars, <laughs> small world. All right. My brain's frying. I got to go. Appreciate it. Thank you. Like subscribe, rate review. So do all of it, do all of it everywhere because that really helps the uh, discoverability of our little operation here. And Honestly, word of mouth is the best way for things to travel and get around. So, that being said, I'm going to say what I always say, and that's thanks for being a friend and telling a friend. Until next time. Later.